0: listening to How You Do in Bay County, a mental health matters podcast with a local twist. Hey there, how you doing Bay County? I'm Kelly Mustaine, the executive director of Alignment Bay County, also known as ABC. Before we begin with today's guest, I wanted to share a little about our organization and the purpose of this podcast. How You Do in Bay County is an initiative by Alignment Bay County, which is a local nonprofit collective impact organization. We're focused on youth success from cradle to career. And one way we do that is by supporting families and our community as a whole. It's no secret that things have been difficult and challenging here in Bay County. ABC, along with our partner organizations, noticed that both children and adults in our area were struggling with their mental health and positive well-being. We also noticed folks simply asking each other, how you doing? That question, along with the stress of the last few years, inspired us to create a local mental health resource. First, a website, howyoudoing.org, which has a local behavioral health directory as well as other resources, and this podcast, How You Do Bay County. Our goal is to make finding behavioral health resources easier for our community and bring awareness that your mental health matters. On today's episode, we're welcoming Stacey Legg from Elevate Bay and one of her Elevate Bay mentors, Dr. Scott Dean, to talk about how mentorship impacts the well-being of our school-aged youth. Hey there, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here today. And we'll just start things off. Stacy, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you started Elevate Bay?
1: So um, my husband and I had a 501c3 where we were working to provide some weekend food support for some of the schools, and that um, connected me with um, a local pastor and then with Mr. Husfeld, the superintendent, and then one thing kind of led to another, and um, now I'm coordinating mentors throughout the district, um, grades K through 12, and all of our public non-charter schools.
0: So you basically founded Elevate Bay then?
1: Founded is a strong word, but mm-hmm. um, Mr. Husfeldt kind of had a version and a picture of what um, he wanted the program to look like. And he was like, here, go do this thing. And so i gone and done a thing and ho- hopefully everyone um is excited about what we're doing and the momentum that we're experiencing it's been a hard couple of years so i'm excited to see the community re-engage and get back involved in the schools
0: well that's awesome i did not know you had been around uh, from the inception that's awesome Absolutely. i love that it's your baby
1: department me? of one <laughs> <laughs> i know that well <laughs> yes.
0: and then uh dr dean how did you come about to kept, to join Element bay
2: well i've been under the uh wing of my pastor uh, dr steve taylor and uh, simple theme at our church, and it just says love us. And uh, <clears throat> through community involvement and wanting to participate in getting uh, life better for Bay County, uh, we certainly have had lots of struggles. So uh, it was a kind of a natural outreach of uh, doing whatever I can to help other people all the time to get involved with the mentoring program. I've always kind of thought of myself saying, well, if if I won't do it, how can I expect anybody else to do it? So I, I don't know, on a personal level, I just wanted to get involved and, and to do what I
0: could to help. And how long have you been a mentor? I
2: guess I've been doing this about five years now. Five years, and, wow. uh, it worked out actually you know, well for me personally because I uh, work pretty close to Parker Elementary. And so uh, Stacy was really great of getting me uh, signed over at uh, Parker Elementary where I have had uh, a couple of children uh, there to,
0: so. All right. Well, Stacey, can you share a little bit more about Elevate Bay and how it works?
1: So Elevate Bay was created to provide support and encouragement for our most at-risk students. Obviously, as we chatted a bit off um, record is um, before the hurricane looked a little bit different. And now um, that's a marker, obviously, for Bay County. Um, and so now we work to help those students in any way that they need, whether it's academically, sometimes it's behaviorally, sometimes it's socially. Um, A lot of students are sort of left to their own um, care after school because parents are either working multiple jobs, they're addicted, they might be distracted – And so we work to provide that consistent support. Like I said, sometimes it's academically, kiddos who, you know, we've experienced some pretty large gaps in academics, um, school grades and and test scores. And so sometimes it's working with fluency through reading or math facts and comprehension and fluency because obviously fluency builds confidence and kids who are more confident are going to, going to succeed better. And so um, sometimes it's academic, sometimes it's social, sometimes it's just like, hey, it's not your turn to talk yet. Hey, we have to raise our hand. Hey, we have to stay in our seat. Hey, you know, all the things that kind of help a classroom run smoothly and allow a teacher to be able to teach the whole class. And so um, we have lots of options, but um, we have uh, a lot of community support. So we're super grateful for that.
0: And then you touched on it a little bit, but how are children referred to your program?
1: So students who are mentored by uh, folks like Dr. Dean or other people in the community have been identified a multitude of ways, actually. Um, Sometimes it's guidance, sometimes it's administration. Quite often it's teachers who are obviously with that student all day and say, hey, this kiddo could really use some extra support. Um, Sometimes it is even parents emailing me saying, Hey, I saw your program on Facebook, or I saw you on the news this morning. Um, I think my own student would benefit from that. Can we add them to the list? And so um, the need is just growing because as we've talked about the mental health aspect, um, some of the social struggles that our area is facing, and then just some of the hard statistics on addiction and incarceration and those things um, in Bay County create a real need for kids to have um, an extra person cheering them on encouraging them to do the hard things. That's great. Um, so
0: on the mentor side of it, so the children are referred and they're on a wait list and then you need a mentor to be teamed up with them. What exactly, what sort of training goes into the, those mentors?
1: So some of it is, you know, just on the job training because <laughs> every situation looks a little bit different. Dr. Dean can probably tell you like all of his kiddos look different. Every classroom um, has probably looked and functioned a little bit different, Um but mentors fill out a application uh, with a with a minimal with a background check. Um, And then we do an orientation session um, at my office where we talk about the do's and the don'ts, what to expect, what not to expect, kind of why we're here. We talk a lot about the options of mentoring, whether they want to be a whole class or they want to be a one-on-one or a lunch buddy um, and go through all those options. Um, Mentors get to choose their schools. So like Dr. Dean works close by Parker, so that works really good for him to be close to his job other folks, you know, want to be closer to home, whatever works for them, we want it to be convenient so that they can be more consistent in their uh, support.
0: Great, that's awesome that you guys are doing that, and that mentors can pick their school, so you're not going to be sent to the far side of the county. If you <laughs> oh,
1: No, absolutely, and the other thing is, you know, like if you, if you have a bend towards high school students, you know, mm-hmm. we can allow you to pick a, a middle high school somewhere where that student's a little bit older, and a lot of times, you know, some folks are not really keen to the little kiddos, you know, but they also need mentors too. So it allows you to kind of pick your grade levels and your location.
0: Can you elaborate a little bit more on the differences between what a classroom mentor would be doing to what a one-on-one buddy would be doing or Absolutely. what a lunch buddy?
1: So a classroom mentor really works with the whole class. So you would go to, for instance, Mrs. Legg's second grade class at Lusamore Elementary School, and you would work with those students. A lot of times it's during small groups where they're already working together in small batches. Um, and sometimes it's reading, it's math, it's it's whatever the need of the day might be, but you're always going to go to Mrs. Legg's second grade class, and you're always going to be with that group of students. So sometimes it it's going to look a little bit different each day, but you're usually going to be in small groups working, you know, in, in batches. Um, a one-on-one is that the mentor has been matched, like Dr. Dean is with his student, um, one-on-one. So your focus is going to be whatever that student's need for the day is, so whatever his student might be struggling with. And sometimes it's academics, like I, with my student that I go in, she's always super excited. She runs, she brings a stool up, she sits it down beside her. I sit on that stool and we do whatever she's doing at the moment. So if she's three worksheets behind in math and we pull up those worksheets and we try to get her caught up, sometimes this teacher will say, you know, hey, she's had a really tough day today. Can you kind of um, chat with her and figure out like, what's the struggle, what's really happening, because as a mentor, you develop relationships with those students, where sometimes they'll share things with you that maybe they're not in the mood to share with someone else at the Mm -hmm. moment, so you can kind of get to the root of the need, um, and we can talk through some things, and so, um, you know, you're just really focused on that individual student, and Lunch Buddy is the same, it's an individual student, but it's not always done in the classroom, and it is done during the student's lunchtime, so sometimes that can be a little more confining, just because you have to be able to go during their lunchtime, not on your traditional. Right. lunchtime sometimes Bay- it's 10 o'clock right. in the morning in County, we call it brunch sometimes <laughs> so um it just sort of depends um on the mentor schedule so we work really flexible with that um and and try to make that the best possible
2: yeah i think for me you know starting my day off at the at the school worked out really well and of course you want to be sensitive to the uh, child's schedule and uh, what kind of classes they actually need to participate in because uh you know to take time out um probably more than 30 minutes or so Uh, It may may take them a little bit beyond what they want to participate with. So I I had a kind of an uh, active uh, fifth-year-old grade boy, and he he had a difficult time probably doing more than 30 minutes of sitting down uh, uh, still and just having conversation. But uh, uh, I did the lunchroom buddies for a while, and I had a little difficult time just being able to hear because they were so excited to have you there, and you'd have a – whole table full of really excited kids and they wanted to see what you were eating. And, you know, maybe can I have your apple? And, that kind of thing. and it was, it's just fun walking on the campus though. Um, the, the other opportunity I would say as a mentor is to participate and, uh, the support of the, uh, of the, of the teachers. Uh, my, my wife was helpful over at Lucille, uh, Moore elementary and you know, served as kind of the room mother. Uh, and that was a great opportunity for me to help out and kind of get my first, uh, toe in the water in terms of understanding what what a classroom situation was really like but uh, there's lots of opportunity also to support those teachers because you're going to have back and forth communication to understand kind of how your uh, student is doing in the classroom and what other uh, you know issues are going on in their lives as you participate in the mentoring process
0: so you've done a little bit of it all then
2: you've well, you know, once you get involved, you get involved, right? So, uh, Dr. Dean won't tell you
1: this, but um, his principal did uh, share with us recently when I met with faculty that um, I think one of the things that is a struggle sometimes is that teachers think that like mentors are coming in to like be a spy and they're coming in to like tattle on us to the district. And you know, I'm very clear with mentors like that's not your job and that's not we're there. We're there to support, but. Um, not too long ago, Dr. Dean was painting classrooms on a Friday. So um, Dr. Dean, what I like for mentors and teachers to understand is that, you know, like some mentors have resources that they're able to support teachers in ways, not just coming and sitting with little Johnny um, once a week, but, but you know, like I would bring snacks for the class because the teachers are doing that and out of their own pocket. And so I think for teachers we love for them to be open and welcoming because, you know, we're not there to tattle. We're not there to be a, you know, a a spy. We're just really there to support them. And sometimes supporting them looks like, you know, a bag of treats because they don't have to take that out of their pocket. And, you know, one of the initiatives of alignment Bay County has been teacher retention and recruitment. And I think this is another way to help retain teachers is for them to feel supported, for them to feel encouraged. So not only are we supporting the students, which is, you know, our main, looks like our main focus but in supporting the students we're then supporting the teachers because then they don't have to take out their you know their planning period to to work with the student because dr dean came in and did it so like whatever she would have had to do during her planning time now that's been covered because dr dean handled it or miss stacy handled it and now you get to have your planning period to do what you're supposed to be doing during your planning period which is planning not working with you know little johnny while he skips pe to catch up on math
0: yeah well, that's great. So if someone is looking to become a mentor, they'll go through the training with you, and then what is their time commitment?
1: So <laughs> sometimes mentors... Um, when they're not painting walls. When they're when not is painting it? <laughs> walls or doing other um, amazing things for our teachers, uh, our minimum ask is twice a month for 30 minutes. We feel like anyone can fit that into their schedule and into their life. You know, that's really a total of one hour a month. Um I think Dr. Dean is probably visits more frequently if I were to guess um, consistently, I know that from the sign in sheets. Um, (laughs) So we, we ask for 30 minutes twice a month. I feel like even the most busy professionals can find that in their schedule. It's just, you know, half a lunch, you know, every other week or whatever the day is we work with flexibility as far as changing your, it doesn't always have to be Wednesday at nine o'clock. Sometimes if you have an appointment, something comes up, you can move it to a different day. I always work with my teachers at the beginning of the week to say, Hey, this is the best availability for me this week, does that work for you kind of thing. But so just twice a month for 30 minutes and, you know, more is always okay um, as long as you communicate that with your teacher so they can be prepared. And we try to make sure that mentors don't show up at school and their kiddo's not there or, I mean, obviously attendance is a big thing, but, you know, that it's not testing day or field trip day or whatever. But a lot of times the mentor's a journey onto the field trips with them. We've had them on oh, the pirate awesome. ship. We've had them go to the zoo and Gulf World. So um, it really creates bonds and not just with the student that you're necessarily assigned to. Because when I come in, all the students are like, Miss Daisy, Miss Daisy. And they're, I'm sure they're the same with Scott. So it's one of those things where you specifically have one student that you're identified with, but it, that influence spreads. Mm-hmm. And so like you said, you know, you go to lunch and you're instantly, you've never been the cool kid a day in your life. And all of a sudden you're the cool kid because everybody wants to sit with you. Yeah. So um, that influence spreads. And so although it's focused on one, it, it goes, it's far reaching.
0: It's interesting that lots of times as grown-ups or adults or parents or whatever, we feel like, oh, our kids don't really like want us in their business or they, but there's something about those children, they crave the attention of, a, of an adult or someone that's gonna really listen to them and it's not just gonna sit there and tell you what not to do. And um, there's I,
1: I think the piece of that is is our, our children are, are smart and they understand who's paid to take care of them and whose job it is to take care of them versus who's doing it on their own accord. And so, like they know that Dr. Dean comes and he's there. He's not paid to be there. You know, my little girl will say that to me. Well, well, why are you here? And I'm like, I'm here to to take care of you. You know, but they know that like it's their parents' job to take care of them. It's their teacher's job is paid to take care of them. So having that person that's not a paid person really is impactful to them. And so many of them are left to their own to their own care. That um, having that adult is is important for them. Um, how many children do you have currently in the program? Well, that's kind of a tricky number right at the moment. (laughs) Um, Towards the end of the school year last year, we probably had a total of probably 175 individual students that were being mentored and then a a handful, probably the same um, classroom mentors. We had 321 students on the waiting list at the end of last year. So all of those students have been rolled over. Um, Dr. Dean's going to get to experience middle school for his first time. Uh, Well, the second time, I hope. Yeah, yeah, second time for him, but the first time as a mentor. So his students graduated from fifth grade and is moving up to sixth grade. So um, he's going to have a fun time doing that. Um, But so we have that list is growing, though. I've already been receiving names and and asking for mentors and students to be added to that waiting list. So um, it's growing. Our goal is a thousand. That's like our first bumper number. Um, but that isn't where the need stops. That's just yeah. like you have to set a goal. So we have a target of a 1,000. That's Great. Um, so
0: let's, you know, you, people might ask, like, why are you talking about mentorship on the Mental Health Podcast? And really it comes down to these mentors are going in and serving these kids in a way that, you know, improves their well-being, you know, as a whole child, that that both their socio socio and emotional needs are being met, ad, in addition to their academic needs. And, um, you know, it, we talk a lot about on the podcast of how it's important to be um, mindful and um, to to be seeking well being in our daily lives. And these for these children, sometimes that has to come from an external source. That they have to learn how to you know let things go and not be anxious and. Um, and in, in many cases they don't get that from maybe an a, a, a parent in their life. So can you maybe speak to, both of you can speak to this about, um, both what the challenges that you see these children are facing from not just an academic standpoint, but the challenges that they're facing in their lives.
2: Sure. I'd like to open that up. Uh, and it was a kind of an eye opener for me as I got an opportunity to learn more about my uh, fifth grader that I took care of and with last year uh, he was about nine years old when he was in the vehicle when his uh, father was arrested and so he had a stepdad at home <clears throat> mom just had a baby uh, two of their siblings uh, for a period of time they didn't have an automobile that was working uh, there was no wi-fi at the house and <clears throat> there were days when he would not be at school Uh, I'm not sure I completely ever understood why. Mom was in the process of trying to get back to work. Uh, The the young baby was having health issues as well and was on oxygen after the baby was born uh, last fall. So there was a lot of moving pieces going on within the household uh, that were, some of them were economic issues, but clearly at some point uh, just to sit and listen and say, you know, tell me about how it's going. Open ended questioning, just to get an opportunity to have a child know that someone cares and loves them and wants nothing but the best for them, just to be able to have the time together to share and to talk and to listen.
1: Well, and I think um, self confidence um, comes a lot of times from someone else first believing in you, someone else first saying you can do these things and we're going to be here with you to to stick that out and be consistent. And I think a lot of our students don't have that consistency at home. They don't have that person, you know, requiring those things of them. And so to have someone who says, I believe in you and I'm going to be here for you. I think that's what's so amazing about um, Dr. Dean is that he has been with his same student year after year after year, and it creates that consistency and some accountability and some confidence that uh, and I would, be, I would love to be, and I may even actually go be a little fly on the wall um, during his first visit, because it's so exciting to see the kids understand that, hey, you know, just because I went from one school to another school, my person's still with me, uh, you know. Yeah, um, when, How did you find me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and my little girls um, have been all over the district since the hurricane, and I've been with them from school to school to school to school. We've been at six schools since the hurricane, um, and... At one of the schools, I showed up. She didn't know I was coming, and she looked up at me with the biggest smile. And then she's like, "Can I tell my friends?" So just to have that person that's consistent when the rest of their world is falling apart um, is very challenging, and it creates a level, like I said, of confidence that no matter what else is going on, this is here for me, and this is going to be here for me, and. Um, it just does something inside of a kid's heart. And I think we've all had someone in our lives that's pushed us and been our mentor, even though maybe it's not an official title of that. Um, growing up, I was in a very difficult, challenging home situation. And so I understand what it's like to, um, you know, be in a single family, home, single parent home. Um, my dad was arrested. We lived on government subsidies. We had all of that. And so I understand what that's like to have somebody there that believes in you um, and just as consistent. And so we have so many statistics in Bay County that are challenging, um, that that stability is is lacking for a lot of our students. So being that really brings that confidence and that um, encouragement to those kids. Well, and what an
0: impact to to be able to show a child like, you know, I went through hard things. I I had a hard time, too. And, you know, you're going to get through it. Life can be a great adventure for you. And this won't always be like this. And for kids to see that there's a future for them, sometimes when they don't, See it themselves. I think that's why I I love the partnership that you guys have with um, our military community because a lot of those guys have come from difficult backgrounds and they can connect to the kids and say, you know what, it wasn't always easy, but I found a way out and now, you know, I have this amazing job and I get to travel the world and, you know, to see that there are futures out there that maybe they don't know even exist.
1: Well, and I do think that that's very accurate because there's a lot of our students that have never been any further than their feet or their bicycle can take them. And so to be able to expose them to different careers, to different opportunities, to things that we took um, our very first year when uh, we were at Patterson, we had a local engineer who had previously worked at Oceaneering. And so we did a field trip for the fifth grade science students. And they, um, two-thirds of those kids that were on that bus had never been across the bridge within their same county. So when you imagine that people who live in Bay County have never been from the east side to the west side. um it's a great opportunity for them to see things, you know, they got to see how those machines operate on the bottom of the ocean. And one kiddo says, you mean I can play video games for a job? Mm -hmm. And we're like, well, yes, sort of, you know, if you stay in school and you do good, you can make good choices, then this is where you can be. You know, we showed them the welding, all the opportunities that maybe a lot of our students are not four year degree students. um, But something like an opportunity at Haney or something like that can really provide a great living for them and get them out of that cycle that, that's all they know because everything they see looks exactly like what's at home. And so to provide them those opportunities um, to expand their horizons, even in small ways, we had a mentor ask their student last year, where do you want to go to college? And the student said, what is college? Yeah. So yeah. to imagine that you have kids that don't even know what college yeah. is or what further education is is, it's amazing to be able to open those doors for them.
2: Yeah. I think we all, you know, swim in our own little fishbowl. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in terms of mentoring, it's a, maybe a little scary opportunity, but to say, okay, I'm willing to experience and swim in somebody else's fishbowl. And the fishbowl would be the life of a young student who's possibly struggling, may not realize they're even struggling, but they don't even really understand the fishbowl that they're in. All right. But the opportunity then as the mentor is to provide maybe a different and better or a bigger fishbowl for the student to swim in, because you're right. The world is defined by the family unit that they grow up in. And so if they've not been in you know, have that opportunity to look around and, and experience other things, you are that, that door and that window to a, a, a better opportunity.
0: Well, I know a lot of our partners here in Bay County do such a great job. That's one thing that we talk about at alignment is, you know, having a plan for after high school. And we have so many People in our county that do a great job with that and have all these options that when we talk to our secondary students that they don't even really know are out there. These right. things that they can do right here in their backyard that can give them a wonderful um, way of life and success in their own lives that maybe isn't a four-year degree. Success doesn't just have to look like a four-year degree and um, you know, teaching our kids that, that they, can, they can find success in lots of different areas and lots of different ways in their lives.
1: Well, and I think, too, one of the things that so many of our younger students need um, is that research shows that by third grade students have decided if school is like their thing or not. Right. So to be able to explain to them and help them see the value of education to get them to that graduation point so that then they can make that decision going forward And currently, you know, in Bay County, a lot of our students have just been in survival mode for so long, they don't even understand why they come to school. They don't understand, like, what's the long game? What's the end term, you know, the end game? And so with my student in particular, like, we've talked about why is school important? Why do we come to school? We're not coming to school to babysit so mom can go to work or we're not coming to babysit so mom and dad can go do what they want to do. We're coming to school because we want to be educated so that, that when we get older, we can provide for ourselves. We can be good citizens. We can be you know, successful p- partners with our community. And so sometimes getting that information into them and them understanding, like, why is it important to be here? It's not like a, just a babysitting service. Mm-hmm. Like, it's important for your future. But I think we've lived in survival mode so long that getting them that switch to flip a little bit is a bit of a challenge. So, and they've only seen what they've seen, you know? And so to understand that, like, you know, they don't have to be incarcerated. They don't have to be involved in a gang. They don't have to participate in that is really something that is new information for a lot of them because everybody they know has. So why would they not? And so we're working on trying to change that message for them. Well,
0: and with all the other um, complications and challenges that kids all over the country face, our kids you know, some of them, some of these school children have never known a school year that wasn't post-pandemic or post-hurricane. You know, some of our high schoolers, they, they haven't
1: known a normal high school year, you know. There are many of our students who still are homeless, who um, don't have a consistent, solid place to lay their head every night. And when you have that, just that basic need is not being met that need doesn't stay with you outside of school that need goes with you to school is the power going to be on when i get home have they moved my camper from this location to that location you know like who's who got arrested while i was at school today who's you know who's going to be there who's not so those things of instability at home they make their way into the classroom and they bring that luggage with them and then that becomes you know a struggle there so we've got a lot that we we do have that's particular to Bay County that although the rest of the world faced a mm-hmm. pandemic we also had a Category 5 yeah. hurricane just, you know, months before that. And I know as somebody who was displaced from my house for a long time, that impacts you. And so Absolutely. we've been blessed to be able to get back into our house. But like my individual students, they're not back into anything that's permanent. And we're going on four years. So there's a yeah. lot of that across the district that um, that really creates some issues for learning. Well, and we
0: talk a lot on here about, you know, both with the hurricane and the pandemic that I don't know if anyone, even those people that have gotten back into their homes and life is, you know, back to normal and they the roofs are fixed and the tarps are gone. Like that That trauma of going through that and then followed directly by the pandemic and us not knowing what was going on for so long, I don't know if that's a trauma that anyone in our community understands what everyone has gone through, you know, and especially the kids. Like that, that's something that, you know, that's their, a big chunk of their childhood
1: that well, is dealing I- with that. I had a specific story happen with my little girl one day because I was in um, second, she was in second grade at a school and they were getting ready to go to library. Well, they look out the window and the trees are moving just a little bit. So the whole class starts to panic. And the teacher really necessarily didn't have the, she wasn't sure quite how to handle it, you know. And I tried to explain to them, I'm like, your teacher would not take you outside if it wasn't safe, but we have mm-hmm. a weather app. We know that. That's not a hurricane coming. That's just a little rainstorm that's going to blow some wind and some rain. But for them, when a year before that, a storm came and their whole life was turned upside down, including their house, their roof, their whatever, and they were hiding under a couch when the, when the storm got really bad. Mm-hmm. All they know is that that's what happens when it rains or that's what happens when the wind blows. And so I think, you know... That's going to be something we deal with for a very long time, the trauma of that. And that's why mental health is such an important piece of this. But also having someone who can take the time with these kids to say, hey, that's not this, and this isn't that, and we're going to work through this and, and be consistent is is such a key part to that mental health piece. And to remind them that,
0: like, you made it. Like, yeah. you're here. You've gone through a lot, and you're still here, baby, and you're, you're doing standing. fine. you you're know, still
1: yeah. I think there's a song that says that. Yeah, right?
0: So we've talked about how, this program has impacted children. How has this program impacted you all, the, the grown-ups? I'll let Dr. Oh, Dean listen, take that has been that a one. tremendous <laughs> gift for me, I,
2: I, I, frankly. A um, little scary kind of uh, not quite knowing where I was going to park, where I was going to get in, where to find the classroom. And, you know, the first day of transition is always a little anxious to make sure you're doing your piece correctly. But uh, every opportunity I have to check into the school, Uh, get signed in. I got a badge uh, when I walk around the campus, of course, which I have to have. Uh, It's just an opportunity, though, to uh, see these young kids uh, smiling. Uh, Maybe they're looking to find their classroom as well, but uh, just a great joy for me to be on campus with young kids and uh, just being able to talk with them and say hi and how you doing. And uh, Once we get into the classroom, uh, I've sat into the classroom a couple of times. Uh, I normally take my uh, kiddo outside and we sit on a bench and we just kind of chit-chat for a little while and get caught up. Uh, but it's uh, something I look forward to. The, probably the biggest challenge going into that is planning and making sure I've got a little bit of time freed up, uh, obviously, to get there. And so th- that, that's something I take on as a personal challenge uh, to do that every week. And for me, it, it works out. Uh, And I, I arranged my schedule to make it work out, frankly. So.
1: Um, I think for me, it's, it's an amazing opportunity to um, see how small things can turn into big things. Um, And it's really, you know, time is our most valued asset. We can, we can make more money, we can buy a new house, we can get a new car, we can do all of that stuff. But when you spend your time doing something, you don't get that time back. So you want to, be able to give back and I think it's something for me personally um I've been with the same little girl um and now her sister since she was in kindergarten and she just started 5th grade and so we've developed we've had a lot of memories we've had a lot of relationships but um it's just very rewarding to see the difference that you're making and the impact and and as a person who went through some really tough things as a child um to be able to give back and those things that maybe um, could have taken a difficult turn when I was younger to now use them as a as an adult to, to benefit others. You know, my whole life, really, I spend every day working to connect mentors like Dr. Dean with his student and, you know, all these um, men and women around Bay County. So it's it's a great way to give back and to be able to know that when you lay your head down at night, you've done something to make your community a better place. Um, for one student, for multiple students, um, it's just... it's. It's not something that you can kind of get in everyday life if you're not really looking for it. So um, I'm super grateful that this is my, not just my career, but my calling and I'm I'm grateful to be able to do.
2: Yeah. I'd say maybe one more additional comment and that is that I think every day it's a challenge for each one of us to get up and say, what's the most important thing that I can do today? What, What aspect of my day can I be a influencer for someone? How can I encourage somebody? How can I give a helping hand up? Because, frankly, we have all needed helping hands to get up, not just one hand but probably multiple hands at different occasions as you look back on your life, and clearly I have had that. Um, Just as I have a heavenly father who loves me, who gave me a loving earthly father, we live in a fatherless world, unfortunately, now. And so the, the need for men particularly to get in there and to be a dad Uh, or at least a helping male hand to to help some of these young boys up is just going to be absolutely necessary for the survival of Bay County. Uh, We we have a a, a large undefined, I should say, segment of the population that needs help. And they don't really have much of a voice. Uh, They might vote, but that's not the issue. The issue is that the need is unvoiced. It's been there for a long time, and we need helping hands, and we need lots of helping hands.
0: Well, thank you so much. if There, so I have two more questions. If a listener is listening and says, "I have a child, and I would really love them in this program, I think they could really benefit from it. Who should they talk to?
1: Um the easiest way to do that without giving you lots of like I know there'll be show notes and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but um is to call the district office and ask okay. to speak to um, Elevate Bay. It's only me. Yeah. They'll get to me. Um, that'd be seven, six, or they can call me 767 seven, And I will be able to work with their guidance counselor at their child's school, and uh, we can get them added to the waiting list. We always match, as um, Dr. Dean was talking about the male role model, um, we always match male students with male mentors, female students with female mentors. And a lot of times women will say, well, I'll work with the young boys. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's okay, except for the fact that they're already in a home with the female yeah. their teachers are female their administrators a female they have a lot of female influence in their life what they really need is a strong male role model so uh, we always keep that as just a point of they can connect you know mm-hmm. a little boy can connect with Dr. Dean because like he's a guy I'm a guy or yeah. she's a girl I'm a girl like you know that makes a little bit more of a connection for them um, and then they can just give me a call and we can get them work through them. Okay.
0: And then on the same vein, if there's a listener listening that says, by golly, sign me up, I want to be a mentor, how do they do that?
1: Uh, We certainly hope that a lot of people will be inspired by what they've heard from Dr. Dean today about the impact that being a mentor can um, have on our local students and our community. Um, The easiest way is, again, to give me a phone call or they can email me um, at... And I don't know if you want to give that out. It's kind of you a long, it's long and yeah, conglomerate. I'll put it, it'll be in, the, in the show notes. Yeah. But if you can email me, and also Facebook is a great way to connect easy. Uh, it's Elevate Bay Mentor Initiative on Facebook. So you can just search that and send me a message through there. And when they're um, messaging, they're talking to you. They're talking That's, to me. Yeah. There will be no one else that reads that <laughs> message but me. So send me a message, say, hey, you want to get engaged. We have um, a couple of orientations a little later this month, but we do that every couple of weeks throughout the school year up until spring break. So um, regardless of when they catch this podcast, or when they have a chance to listen, uh, there's an opportunity for them. This is not a limited time offer. This no, is an this is everyday not offer in 30 yes. days. We're good. Right.
0: So if you hear this a year from now, y'all give Stacy a call. Absolutely,
2: absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being here today and sharing about the important work you're doing here in Bay County. I know you're a great storyteller, Stacy, and I know this is your heart and soul is this program. So we 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 going to get you some more mentors here. And uh, listeners, if you're in Bay County area and you'd like to get involved with Elevate Bay, if you have a heart for kids, if this has stirred something in you to say, by golly, this is 30 minutes twice a month, I can totally do that. You know, please reach out to Stacey. Get on the list. Get those, get that waiting list down. Help them get to their 1,000 mentors. Um, they can put you to work and Absolutely. use you. You won't have yes. to paint balls necessarily (laughs) (laughs) but uh, they can use you you know and I think we all want to be useful we all want to feel like we're making a difference and being an influencer for the kids here in Bay County so please reach out they elevate Bay can totally use you so for more information about today's episode and other resources please visit our website www.howyoudoing.org or visit the ABC Facebook page thank you for listening today after everything our community has been through it's so important for us to check on each other we encourage you to take the time each day to really ask your friends and neighbors, how you doing? How you doing Bay County is meant for informational purposes only and should not be substituted for mental health care from a licensed professional. And last but not least, this podcast is produced by the talented students in the digital media program at Gulf Coast State College. Go Commodores.